Welcome back to the Deep Gripping Reality. Today's guest finds himself constantly on the very edge of the digital marketing landscape. This guy studies everything that there is on a daily basis about um, digital marketing, social media marketing, web development, um, strategy, and he is on a personal mission to help small businesses and medium-sized businesses grow and make the most out of their digital presence. He was right up my alley. I was super psyched to have him. Um, Stay tuned. I can't wait for you to hear what we have in store. This call is now being recorded. All right, Wes, are you with me? I am. So far, so good. Well, thank you for joining the Deep Gripping Reality. My name is Steve Edelman. Um, with me today, I have Wes McDowell. He's a content strategist for a company called The Deep End. He's been with him for uh, about nine years. Um, and he runs a YouTube channel with the same name, but also a podcast called The Profitable Website, uh, Digital Marketing Secrets for Small Businesses. And I found Wes uh, through his Deep End videos and was just fascinated by the way that he brings content and begged him to be on the show. I didn't have to beg very hard. Um, so, Wes, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, I'm really excited that I'm going to be able to talk to you a little bit today. Um, I've been listening to your more recent shows, um, and it's funny, even for people who consider ourselves digital marketing strategists and, and kind of, you know, you can never really be a complete guru of the subject, but it's amazing how many of these things um, that to many people would be brand new clues and secrets and tips are excellent refreshers to those of us who kind of know a little bit about what we're doing. Um, and you just, you present it in such a, a really down to earth way without it being belittling. And I respect that a lot of that approach. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's good to get down to back to basics sometimes, you know? Amen. Amen. So yeah. I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about um, overall uh, strategy, especially for small businesses that are on a shoestring budget and, and you know, they know that they need to be investing in content marketing or at least social media marketing or something to kind of generate revenue with their website, but they're not sure where to start. So what uh, what tips and tricks do you feel uh, are most beneficial or things that people should be giving their attention to as soon as possible? Yeah, well, I, the first thing I want to say is, you know, never forget the power of your website when you're a small business. Um, I talked to so many small business owners who, you know, they've got the, the idea that a website should be kind of a brochure, just kind of letting people, you know, I'm using air quotes right now, uh, to check like check us out online kind of thing, right? Which is just asking way too little of your website because it's there to not only let people check you out and spread your message, but it has to be persuasive and it has to be, um, like, it has to speak to exactly what your customers and clients are looking for, um, which is not hearing all about the year you were founded and how long you've been in business and, you know, even all the charity work you do on the side and stuff. All that is great, and it's good to know internally, and it's good to have those things in mind. But at the end of the day, when people come to your website, they kind of want to see what's in it for them, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're not necessarily selfish, but, you know, when we're, we have a problem, we're going to the, the Internet to have that fault. So we, what we want to do is make sure that the information we're presenting on our website is super clear immediately. You know, I call it the, the three-second rule. When people get to your homepage, 
They need to, it needs to be immediately clear what you do, what's in it for your customer, and then what do they need to do next to get the ball rolling. So um, that's the main thing that I want to talk about is the website. And then from there, it's a question of what makes the most sense for your business to get people to your site. And that's different nice. for just about every kind of business. Um, you know, some kinds of things, people are actively searching for it to where doing SEO and, you know, pay-per-click marketing might be best. Like people are looking for a dog groomer or they're looking for a plumber. Um, but then there's other things that are a little more niche or a little more uh, unique that people may not really be searching for or the volume may be so low that what you need to do is put it in front of people who may not be thinking of it, right? So that's where things like Facebook ads, uh, you know, Instagram ads come into play. So it's all very different depending on how aware people are of what you do and if they need it or not. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. In fact, that actually brings me to a really good question uh, for you. So say that you, that you own a firm that has been providing a certain service um, for you know, 20 years or something like that, and all of your business has been referral business. So you were the first yeah. guy, you were the first entrant to market, and you suddenly, now that technology has advanced, there's a lot of competition where there wasn't necessarily before. So you realize that you've never had to advertise, you've never had to do marketing, you know, um, yeah. you've never had to establish yourself because your reputation has always preceded you, but now that's, you know, you can't live on that forever. So if, if you are a company that finds yourself in this situation, where do you think that it would be best to start to raise awareness um, and more specifically, what um, types of strategies do you think people could do to, to, you know, to do that, to drive you know, traffic and that sort of thing? Okay, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Pepsi Coke thing you're describing here, you know, Coca-Cola never had to advertise. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good point. around, and then it's like, now we got to keep up with the Joneses. So, yeah, that's totally, that happens a lot. And the one thing I want to say, and again, we're going to start with the website, because what you don't ever want to do is start paying for traffic, um, either with money or with time, to send them somewhere that's not ready for them. And even if you are relying on word of mouth and referrals, this is another thing I hear a lot from small businesses, is that we, we just, we don't really need a website because we get all our business from referrals, word of mouth, which is great, except it's unpredictable. You never know what you can count on for that. And how much do you trust your customers to properly sell you to their friends? Are they saying yeah. the right things? Um, I know for sure, you know, whenever one of my clients tells one of their, uh, you know, friends about what I do for them, they never really hit on the most important elements. You know, they'll be like, oh, we can get you a website. It's like, no, I mean, we've, we've talked about this. I, you know, it's more about not just getting a website, but getting the messaging and getting the, pers the powers of persuasion on your site. So if you, you want to be able to control that message. So that's why you need the website, even if you're getting referrals. But, sure. you're, but you're describing a scenario where you were getting a bunch of referrals and now you have to rely on, you know, bringing people in in a way that you didn't have to before. Um, it's, it's really going to come back to what I was saying before about it being different for every kind of business. Yeah. There is no one traffic source 
that's going to work. So um, just to break it down, though, for the people listening, like to kind of know what's best for you, it's what I said before about do people, are people aware of this and are they searching for it already? If so, then search engines or pay-per-click. Um, and to break those down even further, you know, search engine optimization is great. And it's, it's awesome to be at the top of the search list. Um, the only problem being it takes time. So if you're just doing this for the first time, like you've never really had to do it before, now you do, um, you may be running into a high level of competition that's going to take you months to possibly years and a lot of money to get you to where you want to be. Because basically, sure. at the end of the day, you're just trying to outperform your competitors. So it really depends yep. on how much work they're doing and how much money they're spending, and then you're going to have to beat them at their own game. Um, that's why I like pay-per-click sometimes, um, which allows you just to get out there right away. And if you do it right, then you make really good um, keyword phrases to be found for. You do good exclusionary keywords, which means um, the, the best example of that is let's say you're selling, uh, you know, let's say you're a contractor, you know, for instance, and people are typing in words about contractors. What you want to exclude is people typing in like contractor jobs contractor salary, the expenses uh, don't show buyer intent, right? That's a good way to blow through a budget. Um, so you want to be smart about the keywords you're using, and then you want to be really smart about the title and description that you're using on that listing. Um, what a lot of people do, that I see a lot, is they'll kind of waste that space with just saying the name of the business, and again, you know, in business, you know, in business since 1984, uh, serving the Kansas City area, you want to really make use of that space and give a few solid benefits to working with you. Make your make your listing really shine, and you want to also add a few things in there that might weed some people out. Because if you're paying ten dollars for a click, and some niches do pay that much, um, and way way more even, you want to make sure that you're not paying for unwanted clicks. So if you have a really expensive product and you know almost everybody's going to be priced out, you probably want to put a starting at price there, starting at $10,000, oh, yeah. so that anyone who is who's going to say absolutely not, can't afford it, they won't even click on it and you don't have to pay for it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think, you know, there is the old philosophy of you get what you pay for. Um, but at the same time, there's there's also sometimes you can't afford <laughs> to, to right. pay for that. So that makes perfect sense. I think a lot of times firms are, and I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but I think a lot of times companies are afraid to talk about money. And at the end of the day, that's one of the things that's most important to a consumer is how much is this, you know, first of all, what's in it for me? And secondly, what's yeah. it going to cost me? And so, you know, I think that if you offer a premium service, um, then you should, you know, stand behind your pricing. I don't know if being proud of it is the way to say it, but you know what I mean? Be um, willing to acknowledge that, yes, I have a higher price point, but that's because this is what you're getting versus a, uh, as some people would call it, more cost-effective <laughs> um, sure. alternative. Yeah. So, and it's, yeah, sorry, go ahead. 
No, that's, I was just saying, I think that that's, that's, that's one of the things that I uh, have noticed quite a bit is that people don't like to talk about money, but it's such a vital part of, of day-to-day that it's, you, you don't want to avoid it, you know? Right. Yeah, the whole money thing, people are really strange about money, you know, um, and they make a big deal about it, and they, they can get really secretive about it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is kind of a shame, and I think it's, um, it's a little old-fashioned, and I don't mean to put anybody down um, by saying that, but that, the whole idea of, I mean, it has to be a closely guarded secret because our competitors could swoop in and undercut us, or you lose negotiating power if we say it right away. But here's the thing that I want everybody to really take away from this. Um, people are coming to your website and they expect to see some kind of pricing. Um, mm-hmm. The same way that you, when you're researching anything, and talking to you listening right now out there, when you're researching anything online, you're hoping to find pricing too. So if you don't find it, it does a few things. It really makes, um, it makes people trust you less because they feel like you're not being transparent with your pricing. Mm-hmm. They could think that maybe you are raising and lowering your rates based on what you think you can get from somebody. Um, yeah. A common thing people would think. Um, and at the end of the day, like, just give your customers what they're looking for, because if you don't, what, what people think is going to happen, here's what people think is going to happen. They, they want them to fill out that get a quote form. Right, like, oh, this is a good way. Now I can get on my sales call. The problem is, people are smarter than that, and they know you're teaming them up for that sales call. So they're not really going to want to do that. Not yet, Mm -hmm. anyway. If they're not really ready to pull the trigger, they're not going to do that. What they're going to do instead is hit the back button and go to your competitors' websites and see what they can find there. If they have prices and you don't, you're kind of already lost. That is such a great right. point. You actually talked a little bit about that in, in one of in one of your most recent podcasts, I believe, where you were saying that, you know, these are things that you actually do want to have on your website and, and not having them is harmful. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that, go ahead. Yeah, you want to be the one to set the price, right? Because there's a, there's a psych- psychological principle of price anchoring where if when someone hears a price for the first time, that's what they assign that price to be. Like, that's what they consider to be the reasonable price. And then from there, other people will either come in below or above it, but that price has kind of been set in their mind. So ideally, you want to be the one to set that price and not leave it to your competition. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I think that if you are going to be priced higher than your competition and you know that, you should be able to justify it. Oh, yeah. That's another big one, too. You should have a pricing page that not only says what your prices are, and by when I say say prices, I don't always mean list out a a price list. Um, That's not generally even recommended because then people's, you know, head is swimming in all these different price lists. But I like a good price range where, you know, price ranges, like break it into your bottom, middle, and top tier service or whatever, put a range with it, and then have a little bit of a paragraph saying, Here's basically what you get. Here's and just a little bit of a justification of, like especially if you're higher priced, what are you getting with us that you're not getting from the cheaper guys down the street? You know, put it in context yeah. for them. Yeah, 
definitely, definitely. Yeah. It's funny you should say that. I had a, uh, I had a client that I was working with who uh, was working, they had hired the firm that I worked for to do um, not just some digital stuff, but also some actual old school print stuff. And she had a, she did, it was a salon and day spa, and she had a uh, pricing menu essentially. But the way that her services were broken down is that if you wanted somebody with more experience, the more experience somebody had, the higher the quote grade they had, the more she would charge. So she, I mean, it was a good idea in concept because if you wanted to pay more for somebody with more experience, she could make a little extra money that way. The downside is that the actual physical thing that was in the customer's hand was more crowded than, than a phone book. <laughs> yeah. So it, it becomes, you know, overwhelming. It becomes too much information. And I, obviously that's oh, yeah. in the digital space, but not really when it comes to that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's good to keep things as simple as possible. And I love the number three for so many things, oh, yeah. especially for pricing. The Just the good, better, best model is going to be your best friend. If you can break up your services into that in some way, you know, um, that's going to that's gonna be gold. And that's just, it's easy to understand. And what I really like to see, if you can do it, it's different for every business again, but that pricing table where it's basically this, this good, better, best prices, and then with a grid on like a, on the y-axis up and down, it'll say like what's included, and there'll be little checks or X's in each in mm-hmm. each box, letting you see at a glance what is included in the base model service, what's included a step up, and what's included in the top tier. Um, and of course, if you're off, if it's like if we're talking like a, a hair salon, it doesn't really work because you're offering different service. It's a haircut versus you know a pedicure. Manager, like these are different services. They're not different right. levels of the same service, mm-hmm. right? So that wouldn't work. Absolutely. Yeah, no, but I, I totally agree with what you're saying, and I think you know, human beings are very visual creatures, and the more that we can uh, see something visually um, and have it, you know, speak to our other senses, um, the better that we can interact with it, and the more it catches our eye, um, and. It also, I think, what I love about what you just said is that it's not just about making it easy to read, but it's visually appealing in the sense that if if I see something like that on somebody's website or, you know, even in the real world, um, it it makes me think that they're not hiding anything. That they they say, you know, we we have these three tiers of service. Um, And yes, you get what you pay for, so here are the options. That's, That's such a unique way to look at things. I absolutely love that. Um, if you don't mind, can I change gears real quick on one thing? Sure. So, what are your thoughts on, on Google My Business? How are you? I don't know how familiar you are with that, or if that's in your range of expertise. Yeah. But how do you feel about that? I'm pretty familiar with it. One of my, like I'd say, one of my best performing categories of videos on YouTube is all about it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a great way for. Again, it's the name implies that it. it's for local businesses. You know, if you have an online business you cater to the whole country, it's not going to be of much interest to you. But yeah, if you have a local business, that's great because it allows people who are near you to find you. Um, having said that, it comes with a few, there's a few confusing things about it, right? So okay. what they really, what they focus on is basically serving up the nearest business you're looking for to where you are. So if I'm sitting in my living room here in, I'm in Wrigleyville in Chicago, 
I'm looking for a pizza place. They're just going to show me the closest one. Mm-hmm. And here's where it gets weird, though. If I'm looking for, you know, a, a web designer, that's, that's not because that's what I do too, but if, let's say I'm looking for a web designer. I don't necessarily need one that's the closest to me, but they're still right. going to that's still what they're going to do. So mm-hmm. it's a mixed bag, and I think they've got, I think they're getting smarter about this. Um, you know, you are allowed to basically now check a box saying that I have a service area, like it's not about where I am, but they'll still just kind of show the closest results as of today when we're recording this. So it's a mixed bag. Yeah, I've noticed that too. For, yeah, for certain kinds of businesses, it's great. Yeah, I, you know, I agree 100% with that. I think one of the things that, and it, maybe this is just my perception of it, but I think that <laughs> it seems like like the people at Google are trying to set up the algorithm so that uh, Google acts like an actual person that's making a reference. And they want to make the best recommendation possible, um, whether you're looking for a certain service or a certain product or, you know, information. Google wants to give you the highest quality reference it possibly can, um, and it kind of balances that with convenience. So, you know, location-based uh, search is a big thing. And I think that being aware of that is so critical because if you haven't claimed your Google My Business and Google doesn't have a lot of information on you, you may be missing out on some on some local leads that you would very easily get. I mean, as we're both aware, over 50% of search is done on mobile, or of, of web traffic is done on mobile, and you know people yeah. will Google stuff, and they usually go with the first few references. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, it's an important thing to to be aware of and know how to work with slash around. Yeah, it's really important to nail that down. If you're a local business, I highly recommend uh, doing that. And there are actually ways now to get it, like to pay for uh, paid placement in that that map pack listing. You know, when it, obviously you know what a map pack is, but anyone listening to dozens, um, you know, when you do a Google search, it's those top three um, listings that come up with the map in it. That's your local Google My Business listings. And you can pay to play for that, uh, which is good if you want to expand your reach a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. See, it's these little hacks that I'm always looking for to tell my clients, and, and yeah. you know, it's, it's so funny because it is so subjective. You know what I mean? It, it's all based mm-hmm. on what it what works for a tattoo shop that may offer a special kind of uh, procedure like a transdermal or some weird piercing thing that nobody else in, in the Midwest does isn't necessarily mm-hmm. going to work for an auto body shop. <laughs> so, right. so the digital yeah. strategy is going to be very, very subjective. Exactly. Um, it's all about hitting your customers where they at, where they are. You know, and that's yes. probably two very different kinds of customers. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. And and yeah. you know, I think that we had we had said that we were going to talk a little bit about you know how to spend you know best ways to spend money on on social media versus your website versus you know Google. And I think that 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 is such a broad topic that there is no clear answer because it's all based on a customer's um, goals. And the scary thing is that a lot of the times they've never really considered it. So, you know, their goal may be, okay, is it raising brand awareness? Is it raising leads? Is it actual sales? You know, and if they don't know to think about these questions, they're not going to know the answer to them. Right. Because most people, yeah, and I want to bring up that, I'm going to talk more about that brand awareness thing you just mentioned. Um, okay. There, there is a, a place for that. 
but I, I recommend almost to almost anybody listening to this. Um, that is a really good way to blow through a budget um, mm-hmm. when you're just doing kind of a brand awareness play. Big brands can afford to do this. You know, most commercials you see on TV, that's kind of what they're doing, right? Is they're just they want to make people aware of their brand. But yeah, when you're a smaller business, you have to be a little more strategic with your ad spend. That's why I. I almost always recommend, and again, this is not going to be for every single kind of business, but you'd be surprised how many kinds of businesses this will apply to more than you'd think. What you want to do is, if you're not going to drive people just to take action today, which is a good objective, but, you know, only 10% of people coming to your website today are ready today. So the next best thing you can do is get people on your email list um, through whatever means you can coax them to give you that email address. Usually that is going to be either a deal, like a coupon code of some kind. Like, and that's, you know, if you're a restaurant, a free dessert, something like that. It's a loss leader. It gets them in the door. And even if it's something you're giving away for free on the, the first visit, even if they're not going to spend a dime that first visit, the likelihood of them coming back and making up for that is, is dramatically higher than ever right. coming in without that free thing you were going to give. So it can either be a free, like I say, coupon or a free physical product if they come into your location. Or if you're more of a service business, think of your lead magnet. You know, what's that piece of valuable content you can give away in exchange for an email address that's going to give them some kind of a quick win, an actionable, you know, either it's it's a a guide of some kind, um, a video series. you know, a, a audio training, anything like that that overlaps with what you offer and gives them like a really good solid first step. What that, what that does is it solidifies you as an expert in their mind, first of all, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but even, you know, a lot of people won't even open it or consume it, so there's that. But now you have their email address. And now you can start sending out weekly helpful emails I stress helpful because what a lot of people do is they, then they start spamming people with promotions and, you know, check out our car wash we've got this weekend or whatever. No, it's got to be yeah. more helpful content where you are slowly creeping into their inbox as the go-to guide that they will eventually really want to work with. And yep. it may take a few weeks, it may take a few months, but it's money well spent. Like, email yeah, marketing is some of smart. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, and that's, and that's brand awareness done right, because you're you're not just hitting them up with a, a jingle, you know, that's like old old school brand awareness, you know, like every horrible local car com- car dealer commercial you ever saw, you know. Yeah. Um, but this is like, you're, you're really trying to be helpful, and you're trying to um, achieve a positive connection between them and, and your brand. Yeah, adding value, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So I, it's, oh God, I love that you brought this up. I, this is this was the subject of today's podcast um, for you on the, on your show, um, the profitable website was how you can take um, a video that you made or a blog post or something that you made and you can turn it into um, a step by step guide and then offer that as a PDF. And if they're interested, they're kind of opting into it because they'll give you their real email address because you're giving them something of value. Um, and then you have that door open. And as long as you continue to pr- provide 
actual sincere value as opposed to me, 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 bye, 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 then you're yeah. establishing that recognition as the go-to place that it doesn't make sense to go anywhere else. Right. Because they feel like they know you. And that is especially true if you're doing any kind of video or audio content. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could be any, like, even if you're just sending helpful emails, that's one thing. And I'm not going to recommend this for everybody because, you know, video scares a lot of people, you know, and it's, it's a taller order to pull off. But I'll tell you this, if you can stomach the idea of doing a video like every week on YouTube or whatever and then emailing it out, people will feel as if they know you. And that is a game changer in just about any business. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I can't tell you the things it's done for the deep end. Um, once I made a commitment to YouTube, um, my business has pretty much exploded ever since then. And it can be done with just about any kind of business. Well, and you're, you're providing really, really high quality content. It's so, it's so interesting to me when I, when I look through some of the older videos that you've done, some of the newer ones, and uh, I've, I've spent some time on your YouTube channel. Um, again, that's how I discovered you. And one of the things that I think is so fantastic about it is that it is specialized in that it focuses on, on helping people become profitable and not waste their money or time with digital marketing, but it also is actionable things that just about any business owner could do or make relevant no matter what their industry is. And that is such a, a, a hard thing, a hard balance to strike, but uh, I promise I'm not just fluffing your ego here, but you, <laughs> no, you do so very gracefully. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But, yeah, yep. but I do specialize in service businesses. That's the thing. Um, I don't touch on e-commerce on my channel or on my podcast. It's all about basically like local service businesses. So they don't have to be local, but a lot of times they are. Um, the things that those businesses can do to really, you know, make their website everything it can possibly be to, so it's getting new customers and clients in the door when they're not even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So would you say that, that, you know, obviously something is better than nothing and getting on and doing it yourself if you have like a Wix website or a WordPress or, or whatever you may have, that's one thing. But at what point do you think it's a good idea to actually reach out to a firm that specializes in web development? I think we, we both work for companies that do that. And so I'm curious, what do you think is the, the point that a customer should go, you know what, I think I'm going to have to call, call an expert. Yeah, well, there's, okay, so there's several stages you can go through when you're doing a website, right? And what I I highly recommend prioritizing your budget. That's the thing, because where a lot of small business owners go wrong is they they think of their website as something, they think of it as almost a work of art. They use words like creative, you know, like whenever I get on the this has happened a lot less since I've, people have been watching my YouTube channel and they kind of know what I'm about. I would get a mm-hmm. lot of people saying, I want just something really creative and cool. That is some of the wrong way to go about your website because what you should be focusing on is the message and the copy first. Um, yeah. If you don't have that nailed down, you could have the most beautiful website in the world and it's not going to do a thing for you. You know, right. if it's not based on, on strategy. So what I would say is spend the money you have on a copywriter to get the messaging right, make it persuasive, make it um, mean something to your customers who are reading it. And then mm-hmm. once you have that copy, you can kind of go to a cheaper web designer 
um, a freelancer or something. Because the thing about a free, the thing that you'll pay a lot of money for for a website versus not a lot of money is the strategy. Um, you can get a pretty cheap web designer who's a freelancer, but they're not going to come up with any ideas. They're just going to make mm-hmm. what you give them look good. So you better give them something good that they can make look good. Um, you know, up from there though, I mean, just to give you an idea, like the deep end, we started at around ten thousand dollars for a whole website. Um, mm-hmm. So we we're for a specific kind of small business. You know, we're not for the micro business that can't afford that. For that, I have a, a, a course that I teach small business owners basically how to do this themselves within a few weekends. You know, and that's that's its own thing. So I've got those people covered for that. But yeah, once you're, I would say. Don't skimp on your website, especially the messaging, because it's money well spent if you spend it right. If you、right. spend it all on design, that is going to be nothing but an expense, not an investment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The company I work for actually、uh, is very similar. The pricing structure is similar, and we actually have a、um, it's a it's a secure source instead of an open source. So we don't, you know, we. Can support WordPress, and we do,、um, but it's it's all a I don't want, I mean I know it's kind of a a word most people like to avoid, but it is proprietary,、um, and so our customers are leasing the use of of this cloud based、uh, technology that my the owner of the company has spent literally decades developing, but it's it's really cool in that you know we teach our our customers how to use it. So once we get the website up and running and get it functional, get it SEO optimized, and and get what they want on there, get their message out there, we teach and encourage them how to update it themselves and maintain it themselves so that it keeps ever fresh content、yeah. in there. And I think that's a really important thing that that people will overlook.、I'll, you know, I've heard clients tell me, "Oh yeah, I spent seven thousand dollars on a website, and then and the guy wasn't. This is not a joke. This literally was said to me last week." Sorry about that. Was that、okay. um, the guy lives、uh, in his mom's basement, and so he he, he was literally sending the domain hosting check to this guy's mom. Care of mom's basement. <laughs> yeah, basically. And I thought I said, so does this guy still run this company? Because、uh, she goes, I don't think so. And I said, do you have the ability、yeah. to change it on the back end? Do you have like administrator login? She's like, I do, but I don't know how. And so she had content、right. on her website that hadn't been updated in ten years, and it, you could tell. <laughs> so sure, you know, I think that they, having an you you use the word strategy so much, and I'm a big fan of that too. Because if you don't have, you know, you can pay all the money in the world, but if there's no strategy to maintain it or no、uh, knowledge of how to maintain it, then you're going to find yourself in a similar boat in a very short time. Yeah, it's like imagine building a house without a blueprint. I mean, it's Yeah, yeah. You know how long? How long is it going to stand? <laughs> it's not going to、yeah. do much for, you know, for keeping you warm in the winter if it was not planned out ahead of time.、Um, and then it's more than the looks. You know, a, a good-looking website will keep people from clicking away, but it's the words that are going to make the sale in the end. Don't, don't、yeah. ever forget that. Yeah, and, I, and I'm yeah. coming from a designer background, and I'm, I still my designer friends hate when I say things like that, but it's true. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the copy and the words is so much more important than the look. It has to look nice, it has to look professional, and make you look professional. You know, and not like it was made in someone's basement、uh, <laughs> ten years ago.、Yeah. But 
you know, that's just, that's the icing on the cake part. Well, and I think, I, I, that's why I'm such a huge fan of video content. I think properly done mm-hmm. video content um, is, is great because, you know, <laughs> we chase the, the shiny object. If something's moving, it catches our eye. So having something dynamic like a video and then offering that same content um, via actual written word is, I think, priceless if used properly because it, it gives people a way to keep them engaged, get your message across, and help them retain the information. Yeah, absolutely. Because so what are your thoughts on I can't... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. That's exactly I was what gonna say, I can't, re- I can't recommend video enough. That's all I was going to say. It's, um, it's a game changer. Uh, but I wish more people would be open to it. It is a scary thing, but I think, uh, you know, it's like giving a speech. Like, you just gotta, gotta get over the initial hump, and then once you have that skill to, to speak on camera, it's a skill that you can take all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think the other mistake people make is that they assume that I've put out five videos, now I'm gonna go viral. And that instant gratification mm. mentality just is a killer, because if you have to check your expectations, you have to inspect what you expect is what I like to say. Because if you are going at it with the mentality of, you know, after this short period of time, I'm going to have a massive following and I'm going to feel, you, you have to play the long game when you're dealing with video yeah. strategy. You have to play the long game and you also have to, like, the whole the viral word is just such a nails on a chalkboard to me. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, because vi- virality you can't forget. And unless right. something is very funny, and, you know, funny is a, is a tricky thing. A lot of times people try for comedy and it never really works. It doesn't really land right, you know, unless you're like the Harmon Brothers and their, their stuff is just gold. But I think for every video like that, there's a bunch that attempt funny that lands short of it. Um, but even the funny ones, like, how well is that really getting your brand across? Like, people are remembering it for the funny, but are they taking action on that? Right? Yeah. So, what I, people need to focus on, yeah, it's the long term. It's It'll take a, a while to get somewhere. People aren't just going to find you overnight. And secondly, do you really have to go viral, like, to millions of people? Or do you really just have to find the right thousand people? Bingo. You know, who are actually going to be your customers. So, yeah. you got to keep your virality, uh, <laughs> your aspirations in check, and really realistic and think, how many... How many people do I really need? And let's just focus on getting this video in front of the right people, not all the people. Right. And yeah. and also, I think that if your expectation is some form of virality, you're also setting yourself up to be a victim of the flash in the pan. Because if, you know, you have one hit, one thing that, you know, and, and virality, let's, let's tone it down a little bit. Say it's just, I want my video to reach 10,000 people. That, that's pretty viral in some cases. Great. Especially if your average watch is only like 100 or 200 or 300 or whatever. Um, the issue then is that if you don't have solid content, other solid content for it to be consumed, a library of it, then often it's lost. Like, you, you know, and, and that can be very unnerving to people is that, you know, I don't know why, why the hell was this so successful and nothing else is. And I don't, you know, so I think, I think strategy as we've said so much in this in this conversation i think strategy is yeah. such a vital part of, of video content and uh, what you're putting out there you want to have more meat on the bones than just the one flash in the pan that people happen to see yeah it's true you gotta have like so, a, a little um, bit of a succession of them and, and then you'll be on the right track right and that's again that's the long-term you know 
long game because you're thinking of like I like to do series of things sometimes like I, I did for blog posts I, I write the blog for the company I work for and I did I had this huge article and then I realized wait a minute I can dice this up and make it five articles and, and fill the month's worth of, of blog posts right and sure enough that series over time the audience grew and what we found that was interesting was that people were going back and reading because I'd say part one of five and so they would go back and, and reread that other content and then we started getting you know people reaching out to us wanting to know more about it. So um, yeah. that's kind of a, a segue into that. Um, how, how do you feel about, um, I know, again, it all depends on the client, but how do you feel about blogs and blog posting and, and how to utilize those? Yeah, I think blogging is good for um, for certain kinds of companies. I, you know, I think there's some people who really push them for just about every kind of company. I won't go that far with it. Um, because I think people start doing it just for SEO, and then they start kind of just writing these really shallow articles, hoping that people are going to find them. Maybe they'll find them, but you have to ask yourself, how is this going to turn into a customer at a certain point? Um, right. So I think it's, there are certain kinds of companies where this really lends itself to it. Um, like a restaurant, I can't see any value in that. Um, restaurants are, that's just the one, kind of business that I think doesn't follow a lot of the rules of other businesses. It's just a di- different, people are looking for different things there. Um, mm-hmm. So let's say you're a, an accountant, okay? And you could have a blog about, you know, tax loopholes, or stuff, but you have to find an angle and you have to make it interesting. You know, I, w- I would say look at sites like, uh, you know, I'm sure like BuzzFeed have like a money section or something. If you're going to do something like that with a fairly, what I would consider to be a, kind of a dry topic, mm-hmm. you really want to put a interesting spin on it. Um, think of like, you know, th- there's a blog called The Points Guy, where he talks about using airline points. Like, think about sexy ways you can <laughs> frame these topics that make people actually kind of interested in it. Then, then you can get somewhere, you know. But if you're doing it just for the SEO value and you're kind of retiring someone out of India to write the articles for you purely for SEO and for no other, not, not for people actually read them, so you're going about it the wrong way. Does that make sense? Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing, too, is that, you know, Google, I, it's because the Google Assistant's voice is female that I always say she. She's a very um, particular, per, a very particular creature, Google. And if mm-hmm. she sees that there is a, a very high abandon rate on something, she stops. She doesn't like to refer people to that stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, they so. want to, again, like you said, they want to ensure people put most relevant content for them. Um, and a lot of times they'll just be, you know, that, that little snippet. It'll come up above search results a lot of times now. That's just the answer. We don't even have to click through your page. And a lot of people are going after that result. Like they want that, what I call position zero at the very top. But there's, I feel like there's not a whole lot of value in that because most people aren't clicking on that because it answers their question right then and there. And they've never mm-hmm. even associated you with that answer. Yeah, amen. And, you know, I found too, is as much as I'm all about pay-per-click uh, in the right circumstances, how often do you Google something and then scroll right past the top three or four listings because you know that it's paid and you want the organic one? Sure. So it's, it's, um, it's a tricky thing. It is. It's a, it's, again, it's such a weird balance, but that's why experts like you and I exist. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I always like feel bad clicking on the ads too. Like I feel like yeah. I'm charging the money every time. <laughs> so I always like scroll past it. But um, but I think Google's done a, an interesting job. Like I think I was looking at it a few days ago. I think they've changed the treatment a little bit. Um, and maybe they did it a while ago, and I'm just not noticing. But the ads look a little less ad-like than they used to. Really, I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, notice. And that and that might just be on mobile. I don't remember where I was looking at that, but I remember thinking, oh, these these might get more clicks than they used to because they just they seem a little more subtle to that. Like, and I don't remember what it was I was seeing, but because I, I don't actually do a lot of. I recommend pay-per-click a lot to a lot of clients, but I don't really do that. I don't handle the format. I just, uh, you know, make that recommendation. Yeah, it's funny you should say that. That's kind of how I am, and the the, the company I work for, you know, I'm, I'm my title is digital marketing consultant, and the reason for that mm-hmm. is because I'm kind of a jack of all trades. Um, you know, I'm very familiar with the uh, digital design and and the web development side of things that my passion is the social media marketing and, and that sort of thing and, and content marketing and all of that um, but we have experts here who specialize in uh, Google Ads Google My Business and yeah. you know SEO and you know making sure the meta descriptions and meta title tags are right and all the, all the things that are, are vital um, but aren't necessarily my expertise so that's the nice thing about working with a team of people is that um, you know, you don't have to be like, well, like I kind of know. Uh, well, I'm not sure. Let me get back to you. You can say, right. I know a guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I yeah. know somebody. Yeah, I can't tell you how many clients I have where I make that recommendation, and I have to just kind of pass them along to someone else because um, when you're doing SEO or paper, particularly pay-per-click ads um, or Facebook ads or anything like this, please hire someone who does it all day every day because there's so many yep. little intricacies involved with it. Um, you don't want to get someone who just kind of knows. It's a broad strokes. You want someone who's in that all the time. Like that's much better. better spend of your money, yeah. Yeah, and, and there's so much. And here's here's the downside of that. If we're going to bring that up, we definitely should talk about the downside. The downside of that is that if you don't do that, if you think that you can watch a couple of YouTube videos or you can do it yourself, that may be better than nothing to start. But the issue is you're going to waste so much time and money and, and ultimately, you're going to feel very disheartened and believe that it doesn't work. And it's not the tool. It's that you didn't know how to use the tool. So you might as well hire the right <laughs> contractor, for lack of a better word. Sure. Absolutely. And people, when people get upset about the price of it all, um, I always say you'll spend a little bit more, but you'll make so much more because of it. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't really, it should be an investment, not a cost at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, and I do believe, though, in if you're going to do Facebook ads or pay-per-click ads, learn enough just to, uh, I don't know, do you know who Rick Mulready is, the Facebook ads guy? The, the name is familiar, but I haven't, yeah. I haven't checked him out. Yeah, I, I love his stuff, and he always says, learn enough to be dangerous. So just learn Facebook ads enough to be dangerous, like enough to where you know how to judge the people running them for you. You know, right. don't go in knowing nothing. You should become a student of it to some degree and learn to you know, watch a hour-long YouTube video showing you how to do a Facebook ad. Just mm-hmm. learn the basics so that you know what you're looking for when you're hiring yep. a guy, right? So, yep. And you know what to check for if you're going to be watching your analytics to see performance. Exactly. Yeah, so it's all good stuff to know. Yeah, you don't have to become an expert, but just learn the basics. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Wes, I got to thank you so much for your time. I, this has been one of the most valuable conversations I've had in a very, very long time. Oh, thanks, Lisa. Yeah. Um, yeah, you are, you are a, a, a genius in your field. You're somebody that I learn from every day through listening to your podcast, and I'm, I'm going to plug it for you again. Um, it's the profitable website, Digital Marketing Secrets for Small Businesses. It can be found on um, Apple Apple uh, Podcasts and uh, Spotify, and, and I'm assuming anywhere else the podcast can be consumed. Um, and the uh, the Deep End, which has been on YouTube for quite a while and has a vast library of just about everything that any small to medium business owner, even large business owner, could need to up their digital marketing game. Is there anything else you want to uh, leave my listeners with? Uh, that's it. So yeah, the podcast is probably, if you can listen to this podcast, you know, obviously you like podcasts, so you can check out that. Just look it up, the Profitable website, and um, I do actually have a free uh, masterclass video that you can watch. And if, if anyone listening wants to know how to basically create and launch your own profitable website for your small business, you can go to theprofitableweb.com and sign up for the free training and then there they'll get it's a 60 hour class that basically gives you all the the main points you need to know to get something up and running uh within days rather than nice yeah nice very cool and there's that free content we were talking about (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right well thank you so very much and um we will uh catch you next time and uh yeah i really appreciate it thanks yeah thanks so much Stephen. it's been great All right, take care. All right, bye. So there you have it, folks. Wes McDowell from The Deep End um, with his thoughts on tips and tricks on how to maximize your social media and digital marketing reach while minimizing your cost. I'd like to thank Wes for taking the time to be on our podcast. And until next time, dig deep, my friends.